Dead and Company warmed up for the first gig of their summer tour. The group includes three of the Grateful Dead's surviving core four, Mickey Hart, Bill Kreutzmann, and Bob Weir, joined by John Mayer. I'm going in tonight like a, like a 1930s boxer. Keyboardist Jeff Comenti and former Allman Brothers bassist Oteil Burbridge. If the lineup has changed, the catalog hasn't. The crowd is here to hear the Grateful Dead. We attract a certain kind of person who requires a little adventure in their lives, and you can watch the faces over the years. The front rows stay the same age. That's got to feel good to you. It's great. What we're doing musically is, uh, is about constant revolution. A revolution that, in a way, started here at the Fillmore just over 50 years ago. What was your connection to this room? Well, you know, it was the first big room we ever played. Dozens of dead posters line the Fillmore's walls. Maybe that's the one. Well, it's Including one of the first gigs promoter Bill Graham ever booked at the venue in 1966. We had just changed our name from the Warlocks to the Grateful Dead because somebody had copyrighted the name Warlocks. He wouldn't print Grateful Dead. Why? Yeah, he didn't like it. He came around eventually. My how does it feel now compared to them? Kind of like home. Does it? Yeah. The dead are icons here. A giant photo of the late Jerry Garcia, who died in 1995, hangs in the stairwell. They made this look like church almost. <laughs> <laughs> He'd hate that. Wait, would he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What was the connection you two guys had? We kept each other amused. That was the whole secret sauce, whether it be intellectually, musically, or just, you know, backstage. That's got to be pretty special. It was. Well, you know, I, it was all I knew for 30 years. Weir joined the band when he was just 16. Drummer Bill Kreutzmann was 18. Garcia called me up and said, you want to be in a band? I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> Kreutzmann then brought in another drummer, Mickey Hart. He asked me to sit in one night, and that was that. Yeah. The most important thing about that night, I remember Garcia said, this is what the Grateful Dead sounds like. Driving that train, cocaine. They had a nice little one better. In 1966, the band moved into a communal home in Haight-Ashbury. Eventually, you were all in here? Every couch. It's really crowded. <laughs> where deadheads still carve tributes in the tree out front. Pigpen, he lived right up there, yeah. right at yeah. the top. And so those days, the uh, buses used to come back and forth, say, this is the home of the great Dead," And he used to wake Pigpen up. So Pigpen was open the window, and he would just give him a little, a little moon out there, you know. And if that didn't work, Bob Weir would be up on the roof with water balloons. And he'd be, he'd be chucking water balloons. This is the house of a popular local band which plays hard rock music. They call themselves the Grateful Dead. In 1967, in the summer of love, CBS went inside the house for a documentary called The Hippie Temptation. I think, for personally, that uh, the more people turn on, the better world it's going to be. Later that year, police raided the house, arresting two band members on drug charges. He actually planted two bricks in the house, he could have just looked right behind the uh, the file cabinet and found it. They left the kilo in the pantry up on the top shelf. <laughs> so he had something to smoke, and they came back.
last summer, on the Dead's 50th anniversary, the four surviving members played their Fare Thee Well tour. Five dates billed as their final concerts together before 365,000 fans. It was just pure love. If you could ever imagine anything like that, I've never felt anything like that before. With bassist Phil Lesh bowing out from touring, the others chose to go on as Dead and Company. How do you view this after that? Well, this is a different venture. Christ, I'm nowhere near done. There were some folks who were expecting, okay, after the Chicago shows, I was gonna work on, go work on my golf game or something. <laughs> and, uh, but you can't do that. <laughs> you know, I'm saving that for my golden years. Dead and Company came together last fall and the younger members are still learning to keep up with the Dead's deep jams. How often do you get that, where the hell is he going with this feeling? Oh, in this band? It's like, <laughs> right. where the hell am I going with right. this? Right. <laughs> right. There has to come a moment where it's time to play a guitar solo, and I'm just playing the solo, and I'm not wondering what Bob thinks about it. Do you feel this out there? With some amusement, yeah. The first time I played with, uh, with, with John Boy here, I ascertained that this guy can handle the chores. Weir and Mayer connected when they played together on a TV show early last year. We knew that we were gonna have something to say. Yeah, I, I'm, it was the only time I ever got nauseous with <laughs> excitement. This is home while you're here? Yeah, yeah, uh, at the risk of being too literal, <laughs> I, I live in an RV in Bob Weir's parking lot while I'm, <laughs> while I'm uh, playing with Dead & Company. During two weeks of rehearsals, yeah. I mean, Mayer lived out right, back of Weir's studio in San Rafael. My front door of my house, and that's work. <laughs> and I defy anybody to show me a better commute, a better than, commute that. than that. <laughs> the 38-year-old singer has put his solo career on hold for the summer tour. I don't know if you've noticed, everybody has left, Bob. Right. <laughs> What does it mean to you to be in this band now? Oh, man. I have so much more connection with my guitar now than I think I ever had. This solidifies musician over celebrity. It roots me in the thing I love the most. The reason I wanted to be in this band was to be able to interact with it live. It would be what I imagine an actor saying, I really want to be in a scene with Pacino. You're Pacino, Bob, did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> you talking to me? <laughs> Actually, that's De Niro. But the 68-year-old guitarist has been thinking a lot about legacy. One of these days, better be going. On the road last year, Bob Weir had a dream that persuaded him the dead's long, strange trip has a long way to go. What did you see in that dream? We were on stage, and suddenly I found myself like 20 feet behind my own head, looking at myself, playing, and then I look over at him, and his hair is gray, and it's 20 years later. And then I look back at myself, there's somebody with brownish, blondish hair in his late 20s. It's not you. Not me. This is the music going on. And how did it feel? You know, it felt altogether right and felt logical. You know, okay, that's what I've been up to all my life. What a life.